Hey everybody, it's time to put your headphones on. The Step Outside podcast is about to begin. Today we're heading a couple of hundred miles off the coast, talking to a well-renowned captain, James McVeigh, on board Big Cat Reality. Yep, we'll be sitting up there on the salty brine, having a chat and talking about the trials and tribulations of being a seaman. Knock, knock. Hey. Where's the bell? Hey, oh, it's, <laughs> it's on getting a polish. <laughs> oh, nothing like a good polishing bell. That's uh, it. Mate, you're about to do something, I believe. Yeah, we're going to do a quick radio scared, okay. uh, 10 o'clock check-in, right. and then uh, we'll be right to get up the next reef. Okay. We'll leave you to it. Righto. Calling all tenders. Calling all tenders. This is the 10 o'clock check-in. Tender 1, tender 1. Copy. Big cat, big cat, copy. Good on you, Mick. No worries. Uh, Big Cat has departed. Uh, Sweet Lip Reef heading north now for Sanchu. See you all up there. Thanks. Please follow. We'll be up there in about uh, 30 minutes. Right now, no worries. See you up there. <laughs> no. So, mate, tell me, uh, i got to say, welcome to our podcast there. Yes. This is uh, Captain James McVeigh. He is the owner and captain of Big Cat Reality. Mate, thanks for having us on board. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. Mate, tell me, uh, we're out in the Swains Reef. Yes. Do you classify this as the Coral Sea, or is it just to the other side of the massive surf breakers behind us? Well, it, it is the Coral Sea, technically, yeah. uh, mm. but we probably refer to it in most locals as the Swains, yeah. because you've got the Bunker Group, the Swains, more of a sort of yeah. coastal reef. Yeah. And then we talk about the Coral Sea, where we sort of go off the continental shelf, yeah. which is basically sort of uh, Samarez as a start, but then out to Cato, Rec Reef, they are well out in the ocean across basically three and a half kilometers of water as in depth yeah and we tend to refer that as the coral sea reefs as opposed to the swains is then great barrier reef and i'd imagine those outer reefs the, the, the you know samaras uh ken reef wreck reef that's the outer extremity of the australian Commonwealth yes waters, is that yep. right? so you've got state waters basically you've got uh, great barrier reef marine park authority look after the the great barrier reef yep. which is state authority then as you go in the Coral Sea, that's a federal authority, which is Australian Parks, yep. uh, and they, they cover those outer reefs. And right. they are managed uh, differently, both fisheries and also um, the authority looks after parks. So yeah, they are treated a little bit differently, but basically the same rules. But you're in the middle of the bloody ocean. So like, oh, tell, yeah. tell me, we're on a, a very large, uh, uh, what would you say, ship, boat? Yes, yeah. Charter vessel, liverboard, mothership. Yeah, mothership. Yeah. I mean, how big is Big Cat Reality? It's a big cat. She is technically 24.3 metres long, but right. she's certainly every bit of that. Absolutely. Uh, she's 10 metres wide, which is a, a big feature. Yep. And more importantly, it weighs 164 tonne. So uh, that gives her a lot of sea keeping. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you were out in, in the ocean and you do yep. these amazing charters, it led you to, to where you are today. Yep. But as a young fellow, you started out in the ferries around Morton Island. Yes. Redcliffe, yep. uh, Redland Bay. Yep. Doing Carragara, Lamb, McLean. Yeah, barges, yeah, vehicle barges. So you started that and then you became one of the youngest uh, as a teenager still in your teens uh, to get a to work towards a Master 5. Correct, yes. Right. I was lucky enough to get uh, sea time up when I was a uh, young fellow, so I was 16. So I got all this stuff called sea time, all the old skippers of yellow check, get your tickets, get your tickets, and you know, and eventually I did do that, I got a restricted five, uh, yep. so I was quite early, which yep. was good for me that I had someone sort of give me some motivation, and yep. obviously that gave me a good foothold in the industry early. I then were lucky enough to get a job with uh, Harbors and Marine in NavAids, yep. probably the best years of my life, yep. great guys I worked with, and then of course I had heaps of sea time, heaps of opportunity, and I just 
yeah, I just went really well. So maybe then Gladstone started up and you did a bit of stuff up there with the Port of Gladstone, Curtis Island runs? Yeah, with the LNG project. Uh, I was involved in the, the Roros, they call them the roll-on, roll-off uh, ferries. Yep. Basically with uh, Curtis Island being developed, uh, there was no bridges uh, allowed to be constructed. So it was all ferries for the for yep. passengers and uh, basic vehicle barges yep. uh, for taking all the cargo and uh, all the trucks to the island. Right. So um, yeah, I was lucky enough to have that background starting on yep. on vehicle barges back yep. in Rillan Bay. Uh, and then uh, my job was with actually Toll Marine, Toll Marine Logistics, right. was to pick up a big um, row row that came in from overseas, yep. set it up for the project and then uh, help run that for about three years. Yeah, well. Uh, learn a lot. Yeah, so. I, it, it, and that's the thing. It's all about experience, and, and that experience led you into buying Big Cat. Now, you didn't really start out fishing. You started out on a totally different demographic, yes. uh, and and something that fishermen are generally, you know, they're sort of some like it, some don't. Some yep. like diving. Yep. Some like fishing. You went the diving avenue. Tell me about that. So, so it was well before the Gladstone thing. What happened, I was working for Harbors Marine, uh, obviously uh, doing a lot of uh, boating, keen for more sea time. I got a job on weekends running a dive charter boat. Yep. So good offshore sea time, which was uh, sought after. And where was that? Out of Brisbane, based oh, okay. out of Brisbane, a boat called Esperance Star, a 60 foot boat. It was right. really where I cut my teeth on sort of offshore work, which was great. Yep. And I was keen and, and loved it. So every weekend I was doing that. So that was, that was diving, so that kind of interesting introduced me to diving yeah then with my other work obviously harbors marine i then become a uh, got in the dive team so right. become a commercial diver yeah because uh, uh, of my background there so all of a sudden i was doing recreational diving uh, running a dive charter boat and commercial diving so it worked really well yeah so i pretty well got right into that for like 14 years yeah so hence uh after a while of course you're yeah. anxious to do your own thing i want to you know rush your blood Anyway, I was focused on diving and also marine training because I was involved with a lot to do with marine training, yep. uh, colleges, and I eventually become the examiner in Brisbane. So right. that was sort of my background, my thinking. I wasn't really a fisherman yep. as such. I was more the sort of mariner side of thing. Yeah. All my crew always fished, of course. I'd always have to take them fishing yeah. to keep them happy. That's fine. Yeah. But I wasn't the one. I was the guy trying to hunt yeah. for the reefs and things. So when I got to own operation, I was drawn to diving. Right. So we bought this big girl in uh, 2001 right. and set it up for dive charters what, and what, what also was, marine training. What was her previous life before you picked her up? So we weren't looking at this boat, of course. We're looking at 60-foot boats and all different things and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the boats we looked at didn't turn out. They weren't for us. And by chance, basically, they said, well, what about Big Cat? Oh, never heard of Big Cat. It had just come offline off the run to Green Island out of Cairns, and it was basically a 1D ferry offline. But her history started in 1973, when she was built by a guy called Bernie Smith, and it was designed as a mothership for game fishing vessels, and it used to run out of Cairns up to, uh, to Lizard Island. Right. This is well before Lizard Island was developed. Yep. So basically it went up there to accommodate people. Four game boats used to run off her every yep. day, yep. come back at night, well looked after and in fact she still got the marlin hoist on the stern yes where in the 70s they used to actually yeah kill the, the and marlin and tow it back home yep for the photos so yep, that was right. back in that era yep uh it was well famous for that uh lee marvin was one of the well-known guys who used to come right? over yeah we've got so photos lee of that he's been on the back of 100 wow. i'll show you a photo later of him standing sure. there with a, a world record marlin yep. in 1975 on the back of big cat sensational 
So that was her, originally she was called the Coral Seatel. Wow. Uh, that's what Bernie called it. Yep. He built a second one the year after, a little bit different, but there was two. Yep. And um, did that for all the 70s. In the early 80s, the Wallaces uh, ended up buying the vessel. Now those guys uh, were the guys that established the Quicksilvers. Right. So they were well experienced in uh, passenger transfers. Yep. This vessel was put on the Green Island run. So it did the Green Island uh, Cairns run yep. for about 20 years. Yeah, wow. So we picked it up when she went offline and they bought in a new vessel made of aluminium. But basically vessels had changed over the years. Back in the day, the, about getting on a vessel was about the journey. Yep. And nowadays, ferries are basically transfer vessels yep. or big buses to yep. get them from one side of the, the quick as possible to get on the resort. Yep. So um, they bought a, a more modern vessel down yep. that line, yep. uh, but Big Cat was then offline. So we bought it with the, the idea of changing back to our original uh, routes of liverboard. Yep. So we had to convert it back to liverboard vessel. We pulled the accommodation back in and changed all the configuration around. Uh, and upgraded to 1C survey, which is a more offshore survey, which is a task in itself, as you probably know. Then later on, as um, the dive industry changed dramatically, uh, the whole Glasson project happened and the whole diving pretty well really slowed right down within Australia particularly. Mm. Uh, that's when I wanted to look at, you know, rebirthing her use. Um, that or my wife told me we had to sell it. So <laughs> that's always a good way to motivate yourself to find another way. We can't get that's rid of Big true. Cat. Yep. So with the Gladstone background and obviously all my mates, they're all fishermen, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wasn't the guy for fishing and I, I really felt there was a lot of boats doing fishing and yeah. it didn't attract me. I wasn't interested in coastal stuff because I felt you do all this work and a lot of guys pretty well yes. just copy or second manoeuvre. That's so true. Yep. I wasn't that motivated. Uh, I said, if I do anything again yep. with Big Cat, it's got to be a place where no one else can go yep. or they respect that it's a long way. Yep. So, um, you know, my, my drive was to go to places like, and, and literally it was Cato. Yeah, right. So Cato Reef, which is literally middle of the Coral Sea, miles away, and all my mates and crew are like, oh my God, that would be amazing. Can How you go there? How far is Cato off the, off the Queensland coast? It's about 300 nautical miles. So 550 odd kilometres. Yes. Yes. And that's off Mackay or? No, Norton? off Bundaberg. Off Bundaberg, straight yeah, out. Which is, you the know. Home uh, port of Big Cat. Well, it, it was not the home port then, it was Brisbane, but I used to run out of uh, Bundaberg regularly, like Christmas and Easter. Yeah. So I knew the port well. I knew the guys well. The marina were always uh, yeah. good and looked after us. So I thought, oh, we could dabble with that. But again, a bit cautious for this fishing thing. Thought, you know, I just wanted to go to Cato. Whether I took dives or fishermen probably didn't really worry me. But with diving and the standards are so high in Australia that you can't actually take divers out to those places because if you can't have a chopper above you within 20 yeah. minutes, yeah. the risk assessment of you know decompression sickness, yeah. um, basically you, you can't really dive on a workplace health and safety. So right. it wasn't an option. Yeah. But all of a sudden I realised, well, hang on a minute, I could go out there fishermen and they go, oh yeah, they'd love that. I thought, oh, okay. So that's how it started. And we put a trip together and our magazine guys, uh, actually it was Modern Fishing. Right magazine had jumped on the idea yeah, yeah. and um, that was their very first trip yeah, well. so and from there of course I've been yeah. listening yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, to a yeah. lot of guys attracted a lot of you know media attention and, yeah. and serious uh, guys mm. within the industry mm. and they've um, basically told us what they wanted yeah. and I've focused on delivering support for them as opposed to fishing yeah and it's been a really good fit because yeah. they don't really want to be taken somewhere and told how to fish no. as they make it very clear they want to be taken out there and left alone. And this is the thing that I'm, I've, I've learned. This is my first time on Big Cat Reality. So one yep. thing that I've noticed is that 
And what I like and admire is that when you're out here, most charter boats put you on with a guide, right? You're out on a boat, the boats are stacked on the back or they tow them out. And when they launch you out on these reefs, you go out with a guide and a guide yep. tells you to cast here, do mm -hmm. this, do that. And I've got to be honest with you, a lot of guides, you know, you are full of yourselves, half of you, and some of you are good. <laughs> and well done, keep that, keep that respect. Um, but a lot of other ones are a little bit, you know, sort of far-fetched. You have totally blown that whole system out of the water yep. and gone totally different avenue. 100%. Yep. Tell me about that. So basically what, what the focus we want is we almost call it like a, like a tradies version of, of that product where yep. you get taken out there and normally you're attracting guys with plenty of money, blah, yep. blah, they want to get out there, right, take me to the fish. Well, we're not into that. We want the, like the, the tradies, the good Aussie blokes that just want to get out there and have a go. Yep. So we get out there, we give them all the information good gear, good boats, good outboards, trim material, electric start, really good sounders and equipment, good briefings, and put this great support mechanism around them, yep. and obviously have little safety factors they've got to adhere yeah. to. Yeah. But beyond that, we say, right, this is your playground, yep. away you go, they bring all their own gear, all their own ideas, they do heaps of planning and networking online and talk yep. to each other for months in planning, and then basically go, go for it. And then we look after them for bedding, accommodation, food, support, uh, a whole lot, including, um, well, even with the bait out wide, yeah. they don't use a lot of bait, but we support them and they love it because they can do whatever they want. They control, deep drop, it's up to them. Um, they drive the tenders themselves. 100%. So you have like a, say a 3.5, 4 meter? What are yeah, they? the 4.2 meter. 4.2 meter. Smart waves, yep. Okay, and the, the boats, the tenders are brilliant. I, I'm gonna yeah. give you the drum, mate. They're 10 out of 10. They yeah. are super stable. Uh, and, and super dry, they are really, really good. And we've been out in those boats in, oh, yeah. you know, 35 plus knot gusts yep. when it was pretty shitty. Yeah, definitely. You know, still felt safe. They are very Absolutely safe. Absolutely brilliant. And we'll tuck in behind the Coral K, catching lippers, catching trout, catching everything. Yeah. And, you know, if we just wanted to pull the anchor with that 50 horsepower Mercury, we just start her up, electric start, yep. trim tilt, definitely. and you just go, oh, I just need to go 20 metres that way and catch more cold trout. Definitely. You do everything yourself. But you can go two miles around the vessel of yep. the cat. Uh, and if you've got another boat with you, that way you've got support, uh, you can you can double that. Yeah, we have a buddy boat system, so yep. you can actually go out to five nautical miles. Five, but wow. they're well set up. These have got 25 watt VHF radios, big aerials, yep. got full comms, yep. AOS tracking. So not only can we see where they are at all times, yep. they can see where all the other boats are, including Big Cat. Yep. So any drama that you have, um, is a lot easier when you've got communications and you know where they are. Yep. So um, we also do a very you know, extensive briefing and um, you know induction program yep. so that they you know know what they're doing and, and then the whole risk assessment comes right down. So um, yeah, and we are attracting attracting very serious fishermen. These are not you know no. first time fishermen. You don't go out there if you've never fished. So these guys probably have their own boats and a lot of experience as well. So yep. we give them a bit of respect, a bit of freedom do the right thing guys and you can have a great time and they tend to always do the right thing. And that's that's a good part about it. Everyone's out here to have a good time. So everyone sort of unifies and bees, bees they, they become one with another. You know what yeah. I mean? You're all sleeping in the same area. You, you know, there's two yeah. different holes being a cat. So now one side sleeps 10, 12? Yeah, so 11 one side, 11 the other. Right, so okay. Pretty well, yeah. Split the difference. And, and you wake up every morning, you wake up to the smell of beautiful hot breakfast being cooked up there by Chef Jeff. Yep. And, and then he does a fantastic lunch when you come back in. So you go out in the morning, you fish for, for several hours, come back at lunchtime, and then you, know, you, you, you chew the fat, you talk the story. It's great. You, you, you can get cleaned up if you want. You have a beautiful fresh lunch, 
and then you go back out for the afternoon session, come back at four thirty, and you're ready for dinner. Yeah, and, I mean, and again, cool as we we spend a lot of time in obviously crew training, safety stuff, but. The crew culture, as far as I'm concerned, is, is huge. Yeah. And they've got to understand what we're selling. We're not selling fishing. These no. guys are fishermen in their own right. Yeah. We're selling the support mechanism, you know, the whole lot, so they can relax and just focus on all their gear, all their techniques, and their mates. So you yeah. get out here and you swear to God, everyone's known each other for years. Yeah. They're not. They're just like-minded people, having a few laughs. There's no one judging them. They have a great time. So the feedback has always been positive. Yeah. And as I say, the crew, we've just got to maintain that. Good yeah. support and let them do their own fishing. If they or want to fish a certain way, exactly. Mate, the ocean can be wicked wild and at times turn on you, in, in, yep. in good ways and in bad ways. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I think we've both been in some fair weather our lives. Yes. Some of the crossings that you've done, um, what do you do when, yeah, this always interests me, when you see a, a low move down to the south, you know there's gonna be a southerly change, there's gonna be a, a fairly hefty ground swell moving through, yep. or maybe we've had a, a cyclone over towards Vanuatu, we get that east northeast trade uh, of swell coming. Mate, how do you handle that? Is there times of the year that you, you turn around yeah. and say, Right, guys, this is a black mark, we don't go from this month to this yeah. month? Yeah, what do you do? So, so we do sort of have a season, it's unofficial, and most of the fleet sort of run around that time. So, we avoid the cyclone season, which um, you know, it seems to be changing a little, but certainly in uh, November, December, January and February. Yeah. Predominantly we don't plan any trips, yeah. not, not any offshore trips uh, like Swains um, and the Coral Sea. Again, we delay a bit more, yeah. but that doesn't mean you can't get heavy weather come through in other times. Yeah. Uh, so we obviously try and look as far ahead as we can, but we're going for 10 days. Mm. So you cannot go to sea and know what's happening on that last day. God, no. You cannot do it. So no. you've got to go to sea with the obviously the, the scope that you know, the weather could go bad. Yeah. So our backup plan is there. Obviously, you know, you've got to pull the trip early, whatever. Uh, or we, we find Samarez Reef yeah. is a bit of a go-to in heavier weather. We can drop back there. And how far uh, is Samarez Reef off so the coast? Samarez is about 200 nautical miles oh, off the coast. Oh, distance. Oh, yeah, but if we're further out, we can be out to 350, so we yeah. come back in, yeah. but it's got a good southerly protection. So nice. that's kind of the the backup plan yep. uh, because if you tell them when you're out there you go home early nah yeah. they don't want to come home but if it's really bad obviously we try and cancel the trip or move the of dates course. we've been yep. lucky enough not to have that too often Yep. Um, but other than that you know prepare for bad weather 350 and mile off the coast what's the fishing like? it's it's totally uh, different and I'm talking unbelievable so you've got you know reef fishing or we've got line fishing in the swains we've got to yep. focus on and there's sports fishing of course but what I've seen, and I've had a lot of very serious fishermen come out and tell me the same thing, and I see them what they do. The the pelagic action out there is next level. You're talking water or reefs breaking the surface, and they drop down to a thousand, and then down to three thousand meters. So yeah. the whole activity of the reef is different. Um, very schooling fish. I've done a lot of diving over the years, and what I've noticed when you jump over the side in say the Great Barrier Reef, you'll get cold trout come out to sort of half meet you, a bit yeah. a bit dominant. Hey, what's going on? Out there, you jump over the side, there's no fish that come out and see you at all because a cold trout this big will be smashed by these very fast moving packs oh, wow. of fish like yeah. wahoo, dogtooth tuna, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. that's what the sports fish are like. So they get the poppers going. Scared. The, the, the fish don't well, want to come out of their holes, they'll get, well, yeah, they'll get eaten. All, all the dumb ones are dead and the smart <laughs> ones are hiding. So, so all, the, all the guys, they all fish together and with the AOS, because yeah. um, it works better when they all work together. Yeah. So you'll get it like packs of boats, like two or three boats will be all popping and, yeah. and like raising the fish and yeah, well. the sports fish will just get it. And of course, so they get some action 
it's not like a secret hidey hole. You're yeah. in the middle of nowhere, no one's coming. They'll be on the radio yelling out and all the boys will come over and they'll just yahoo. It's like a footy match. It's yeah, yeah. it's amazing to watch and the guys love it. And they catch, it's basically catch, good photo, and boom, they release it. So it's all catch and release out wide. Yeah. And we do our uh, line fishing and keep um, you know trips in, in close. Yeah. So you're attracting only sports fishermen. Very passionate, got lots of expensive gear, absolutely love it, good cameras and a really good attitude. So it's been really, really good combination. And when you're talking about that sort of distance off the coastline as well, like do you, have you ever encountered anything that you just, that just blows you away? Whether it's something to do with the marine or maybe, you know, the sky or the night or, you know, yeah. lots of different things because you are, you are in the middle of nowhere. Well, well look, I, I love the Coral Sea. It's, it's obviously my go-to. And in fact, I've yeah. put my family through a lot to fulfill my yeah. my dreams sometimes. We all do, mate. We all I do. know, which is uh, <laughs> something that I'll have yeah. to deal with. But yeah. Um, yeah. the big attraction out there is obviously the remoteness and all, and all the uh, the marine life and, and obviously the beautiful reefs. But there's a lot of amazing history out there too with Matthew Flinders. Um, and obviously being from that background, marine, I love that whole story and I love showing people, you know, where he went aground and what happened and you see them, uh, you know, basically then forget it. So you've got a massive history of Matthew Flinders and the forefathers of Marine, uh, what they did out there. So I think that's a huge thing that's uh, under, you know, just not known. So I think that's a huge attraction. As well as that, the massive remoteness, the whole marine life, bird life, you can get out there and it, it just feels amazing because you are in the middle of nowhere. And the other amazing thing is no one else has been, or not many have been out there, but nothing's been changed. Mm. You can stand there and old Matthew Flinders that was there 214 years ago, it was exactly the same. Yeah, wow. There's no buildings, no structure, the whole thing's the same. So to experience that is massive. And yeah. all the guys that go out fishing, 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 they get out there and they don't expect that. And then all of a sudden you see them say, oh, actually, yeah. that was amazing. That was one of my highlights. Yeah. So I think that's something unexpected. And then the weather patterns, well, that's the sea. You know, the weather pin can be amazing one day and all my God, look out the next. So that's the gig. It so, is. It yeah. Goes with it, mate. When you come back into to the Swains reefs and these sorts of areas, I mean, obviously it attracts different people, but you talk about the tradie, the tradie deals, the tradie boats, but I, I don't, I don't look at it like that. I think, you know, you're looking at more and a more affordable way for anglers to come out here and enjoy what 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 you have to offer because you guys are next level over many other boats that i've been on yeah. so you, you look at what you offer the way that you you share your your business amongst the clients yep uh but i i think that you know from from a trading level to anyone who wants to go sport fishing yep. whether it's on the swains reefs or out in the coral sea big cat reality was, would have to be on the top of the list so mate, for people wanting to go what do they do how do they book on what's the timing what's the advancement how much notice yep. they need to give so again, coming from, um, look, we've had the boat 20 years and the business 20 years, so we're not new at this. We've done our yeah. whole lives. So the fishing product is probably a bit newer than the whole business, obviously. Um, but what we've brought forward or the experience was our booking system as well. Mm. Uh, because I was trying to manage lots of different um, you know, booking agents and stuff over the years, we've got a great booking system, but it's very transparent. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. You can basically go online, you can see exactly what trips are offered, how many are on, and it's all live. So it's not like, oh, how many spots left? Yeah. Like the trip you put together, yeah. you know, when people see there's only six spots left, well, quick, they can book them straight away all yeah. online. Yeah. So I think a lot of the boats haven't moved down that road as quick as we have. Yeah. So I think that's good because we can talk to someone they're keen, we'll give them all the information, including all the photos and all the links, yeah. and they, they love it. 
book on. They don't love it. They don't need to book on. Like it's, mm. I think that's been really good for our business. Yep. Um, but as far as the the, the tradie version go and the gear, being not necessary from the, di- uh, the fishing industry and the dive industry, I probably had not realised the expense of fishing gear and all the consumables that, that they cheap, go mate. through. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so what I've noticed yeah. is, is obviously our product, and I want to keep our price point down because I'm yeah. trying to run our business. I want it attractive. I want to get the right people. And yep. the people that can afford it, um, you know, or save up for it, they appreciate more than the guys that just doesn't so matter. can just blow it. Yeah. But the guy that saves up for it is, is dreaming about the trip. Yeah. Well, of course, they need gear. Yeah. So they come along and think, well, hang on a minute, I can afford that trip and I can buy my gear so I can go out and do it. Because yeah. you come out here with the wrong gear, it's yeah. a waste of time. Absolutely. So that's also played into the business side of things where a lot of the tackle shops and other you know, um, equipment that goes with the fishing industry have um, really come on board and support as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, that guy that books on Big Cat, mate, they walk in a tackle shop, they love him because yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. he needs gear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we tell them, don't yeah. come out here without not enough gear. Yeah. Speak to all the experts. We've attracted a lot of guys like yourselves and all these yeah. guys have done their whole life. They know all about the fishing. So we get a chance to say, hey, talk to these guys, get all this gear, try it out, and then we'll look after you when you get there. So it has worked really well. And you've got a little shop downstairs as well. So you know, if you're going out there and you're casting stick baits or poppers or you know mad scads or um, you know anything OSHA from Shimano, all that sort of gear. If you're throwing out that yeah. and the big GTs come up and smash it and steal your gear. <laughs> around a bomby or a shark takes the fish oh yeah they, they can come back here knowing that you've still got some stuff and I've noticed Definitely. that your prices are not absorbent not over the top I mean 100%. you think when you're out in the ocean if you're on a cruise ship yeah. you know you're paying you know $25 for a, for, a, for a beer yep you know for example here with your tackle super cheap definitely and again um, obviously running the business what we're trying to do is sell a fishing trip yeah. not alcohol not fishing gear and all that stuff so at the end of the day we're not giving them free beer we've decided yeah. so no yeah. uh, but what we say if you want to have 10 beers you get charged for 10 beers you have one beer you get charged one beer same with the fishing tackle it's not there to try and you know touch anyone up it's about having different varieties of gear on show so they can trial it whatever and if they get short caught short they can buy some gear but ultimately yep. we're trying to sell our product yeah. and then all the other guys can sell the other stuff so yep. if they come up here or they come out with us and they're stuck yeah we'll look after them so both Perfect. drinks the whole lot but basically all that everything else is all included so yep. including nice. good bait we've got good guys in, in the industry that look after the bait so yeah, yeah it actually it's it's all sort of come together to be honest so it's great. I mean, you've got a great crew of guys down there from, from Brad to Paul to, of course, you know, Chef Jeff, yourself, yep. Corey. Uh, the list goes on there. So look, do yourselves a favour, everybody. If you want to come and experience what we've experienced here on Step Outside and what thousands of other people have experienced and all talking about, whether you want to do a, a major trip out to the Coral Sea to those reefs that are 200 to 350 nautical miles off the coast, where it does take a couple of days steaming, but at the same time, when you're out there, it is true, true fisherman. And here, mate, if you want to do the swain stuff, definitely come and do that because that is an experience in itself Full as on. well for that week-long adventure. They, they are great trips. And like I said, these the swain trips, it, look, it tends to be, uh, we track a lot of males, females are welcome as well, but, but it is really good. And yeah. particularly these days, just for the whole men's health, yeah. get out, no phones, yeah. week away, catch some fish, don't catch some fish, have some laughs. And the guys love it. They yep. come out here, honestly, uh, obviously they want to take some fish home, yep. but it's a whole week away. And yep. then they just go, right, next year we're doing it again. Yep. And there's guys that meet on here that become yep. great mates. They do it every year. Yep. They only see, see each other on here, yep. but 
they are a good mate. So it happens good. with not just us, with all the, the whole fleet, yeah. uh, which is great. Yeah. And I guess the important thing is, you know, we're one boat and part of another very professional fleet that come out here, yeah. you know, some out of Glass and whatever, yeah. which to be honest is great because yeah. you want to be part of a, a professional uh, setup. So I've found that very, um, you know, comforting as well, that we're not um, a bunch of guys that are, are making it up. These are very serious boats and yeah. we feel proud to be part of that. What's your website? BigCatReality.com, name the ship, nice and easy. Yep. And then you just basically log on, you'll see all our rocket deals, we call them, which is every trip with all the information. Yep. And uh, yeah, get on there, online, on the phone. Uh, my wife will speak to you and get you organized. So yep. yeah, it's great. And there you have it, uh, everybody. Look, we know that yeah, there's things going on in the world at the moment with COVID and all that sort of stuff there. And the guys take it seriously as well. And I can tell you, you know, coming onto the vessel, everybody gets checked. Yep. You get your temperature checked. You can go and get yourself checked before you go as well, uh, as we did. But also on the boat, everything's wiped down, sanitised. There's sanitisation stations all around the vessel. Uh, it, it's foremost and it's in your mind and forefront as well that you have to do that. And that's what we all do. Yep. So make sure you, uh, you know, put that aside. Men's health, women's health, whoever it might be, come out and experience it. And you guys are also doing something quickly uh, at around Christmas. You're launching the two or three day yes. uh, bunker and Lady Lunchgrove trips. Yeah. Day. So with the, the whole COVID thing and the restrictions that have been, um, you know, uh, keep changing. So we've re-jigged uh, our back end of this year particularly. Yeah. So we're now offering three day bunker trips. So yeah. a shorter trip, uh, obviously a, a smaller price point. Yeah. So it'll give you a chance to experience what we offer out here. And then for more family orientated, where they tend to not want to have to necessarily go to sea and fish all day, yep. uh, we do a Lady Musgrave trip. So yeah, cool. basically it leaves Friday night back Monday morning, so a good opportunity to just have a great uh, weekend away. We leave and go into the lagoon. The lagoon's nice and protected. You get two full days, use of the tender, take the kids for a fish around the lagoon, and more importantly, enjoy the island. Uh, all the turtles laying, uh, the hatching, a lot of bird life, all that stuff for the island. Nice. But again, a bit like the coral sea, you get a chance to get away from it all for the whole weekend. Sunset drinks on the top deck, just get away, no phones, and enjoy the Not Great Barrier Reef. It's Not very bad. special, and it's right there, just for a weekend, easy. Doesn't that just make you want to jump on Big Cat and head out for a true adventure? Speaking of adventures, next week on the Step Outside podcast, we have a chat to a world-class fishing guide, Nick Gargario who has honed his skills to the art of fly fishing for just about anything, including the highly sought-after bonefish. That's next week on the Step Outside podcast.